come set. Kicks. The 1-1 one, one pitch. Fly ball deep left field. Yes, sir. There she goes. Hello and welcome Blue Jay fans to episode 10 of There She Goes, a weekly Blue Jay podcast for all things Blue Jays. Uh, again, as always, we're joined by Blue Jay Center, everything Blue Jays, Blue Jays Nation. I'm Mark from 360 Blue Jays News. Just a little update, it's May 25th, the Blue Jays are 21 and 26, they're currently last place in the AL East, but things are kind of looking up. Uh, they're four games behind in the wild card and two and a half games behind from the Rays who are in and fourth placed in the AL East. Uh, today we'll be talking about the bullpen success and Jason Grilly's role moving forward. Ross Atkins interview today uh, where he talked about a rebuild and uh, how they would handle that, whether they will do a rebuild. Uh, Everything Blue Jays will bring up the radical idea of moving Aaron Sanchez to the bullpen and Joe Biagini to the rotation and what that entails. And then finally we'll discuss uh, some of the All-Stars this season, whether any Blue Jays deserve to be All-Stars and what Blue Jays those are. We'll start it off with moving Aaron Sanchez to the bullpen. Yeah, before I start, I uh, just wanted to say uh, it's definitely a good day for Jays fans as we heard the news this morning that uh, Donaldson and Tulo are expected to return tomorrow. And it's also cool because, you know, it's against the Rangers, that rivalry. But anyways, uh, going forward to my topic, it is Aaron Sanchez. And this is the third time he's hit the DL now. And he's been back and forth, as you all know. The first cause was a blister. The second cause was a split finger. Now the third cause is finger laceration. And I've been getting a theory, and I've been hearing it too uh, um, from other people, that maybe Aaron Sanchez move, going to the D, uh, sorry, going to the bullpen uh, is best for him because it can lighten his workload, and it's also it's the best alternative for him in my opinion as well because going back and forth from the DL seems to be like I don't think it's the best thing for him, especially in this case as he's been making he's been making one start going back and then he made two starts following his split fingernail but after the first start he did tell the media that he was not feeling as comfortable and in the second start obviously uh, that in Baltimore that which was the laceration and he went back to the deal the next day so I'm I'm thinking but I obviously I don't know um, maybe his finger is flaring up or hurting him maybe after 30 40 or maybe even 50 pitches and um, I'm really thinking that maybe going to the bullpen is the best option for him to lighten his workload and maybe to uh, slowly progress with his finger because once once again, I don't feel like going back and forth to the DL each time is going to help him. And obviously not a lot of fans will um, agree with me on this, but another thing to look forward to is Stroman and Estrada have been doing just fine in the rotation and reinforcements are on the way in the rotation as Hap and Liriano are getting closer. Uh, Hap is actually throwing a rehab game in Dunedin tonight, and Liriano is throwing a rehab game in Buffalo, uh, I think, Saturday, but uh, for sure the weekend. So as much as Sanchez hasn't been um, pitching the best, maybe it is best for him to go to the bullpen, and I know a lot of people won't agree with this, but I wanted to get your opinions on possibly moving Sanchez to the bullpen. It's certainly an interesting prospect. I hadn't thought at all about this before, um, but when you suggested it, it kind of made sense. And uh, I write for BluebirdBanter.com, and I kind of inserted this into an article at one point. I think it was Game Recap. Um, 
the the game the Blue Jays won four to three, and I kind of snuck it in there to get what people thought about this. Uh, I only got a few responses about the question. Um, one person said, "At this point, the best use of Sanchez in his friable hands is probably the bullpen." Uh, so that person agrees. Uh, second, uh, is it too crazy to speculate Sanchez maybe move back to the bullpen? Yes. Uh, so that person does not agree. So uh, another response said, yes, crazy to speculate Sanchez in the bullpen. Not going to happen. So general consensus, yeah, it's crazy. Um, I still kind of like the idea. I wanted Sanchez to stay in the bullpen initially uh, when we were debating this previously a while ago. And obviously that backfired because he uh, became one of the best pitchers in the American League. Uh, but you already have a replacement for Sanchez in Biagini. Biagini has four starts, eight earned runs over 19 innings. All of his earned runs have come in his past two starts. His first two starts were great, and uh, they mentioned this on the broadcast a few times. These are probably just growing pains. We'll get a bit more into the dynamic of the bullpen later, but Sanchez will obviously have a big impact. We saw him uh, when he was pitching in the bullpen in 2015. He was great, and he had a he had a big impact on them, and he um, he progressed the bullpen and made it a lot better. So. Just moving him and keeping him healthy and keeping him on the team uh, would have a lot of positive impacts. We'll talk about this more later. Uh, but I wouldn't be totally opposed to the idea. Uh, personally, once uh, everything Blue Jays, you mentioned to us that you're going to be talking about Aaron Sanchez potentially moving to the bullpen, I was a huge fan of the idea for uh, two reasons. One, uh, like you guys said, it'll lighten his workload as he heals, which uh, moving to the bullpen, he's likely only going to pitch one, maybe two innings um, every few days or whenever the Blue Jays need him, uh, which would allow his nail and his finger to heal a lot better. And then the second reason that I like this is uh, Joe Biagini can take over uh, in the starting rotation. And, you know, this could be a long-term decision. He could stay for the rest of the season till the All-Star break, till uh, – the tra uh, trade deadline or anything, you know, however long Sanchez needs. Um, and this would be very beneficial for him because like BG has been doing, he's been proving what he can do in the rotation, but it'll also allow him to show how he can react to starting long-term in the majors. We saw him do it a lot with the, the Giants organization before he came to the Blue Jays and he handled it fairly well. Uh, and now he, he has an opportunity to prove to the Blue Jays how he can handle pitching six, seven innings every five days. Uh, and the reason I like this is because uh, I, I don't know about how you guys feel. You can answer this if you want. But personally, I think the Blue Jays uh, want Joe Biagini to be a starter in the future. I think they have plans for it. Um, so this move, yes, benefits Sanchez because it'll help him uh, heal a lot uh, with his fingernail and his finger. But it'll also allow Joe Biagini uh, maybe to foreshadow what he can uh, do for the organization in the future. I like the idea of Sanchez starting out in the lower workload situation, like the bullpen, and building his way up back to the rotation uh, following multiple DL stints. Uh, the thing that I like the most about moving into the bullpen is that he wouldn't have to throw his curveball uh, out of the pen because he's got the fastball that can work around big league hitters for an inning. Uh, but I think that the problem is that the rotation status as of now. I mean, you guys mentioned Liriano's on the DL, Jay Happ is on the DL. And uh, last time through the rotation, the Blue Jays have run a four-man rotation because of the off days. But 
Uh, they're going to play a string of 13 consecutive games in a row now, so they're going to eat another starter. That You're going deep into the organization. You're probably going to call up either Matt Latos or Brad Oberholtz or maybe even Jared Grube, which certainly not where you want to go. So I think right now you're featuring a rotation of Marco Estrada and Mark, uh, Marcus Stroman, which are fine, but then you also got Joe Biagini in there, who has been uh, somewhat of a rotation liability due to the fact that he can't pitch deep into games. In fact, in only one of his four stars has he gone five innings. Uh, you got Mike Bolsinger, who really, I don't think anyone's dream rotation contains him in it because he's just a backup player. It's that simple. Not a big deal, uh, but not a guy you want starting multiple games for you. And then, like I mentioned, if Sanchez isn't in the rotation, you got to start other guys who are less than impressive in the rotation. And I just think that if the professional doctors are clearing him to pitch, uh, I would listen to them. It has backfired in the last few times because he's gone on the DL immediately right after. Um, in the end, I like the idea. I think it makes sense, but I just don't think the Blue Jays can really afford to do that right now based on the ailing rotation as it is. And I just think that if he's getting the thumbs up to play by professionals like the Blue Jays doctors, I think you got to trot him out there in the rotation. Okay, here's a different prospect. What if you put both of them into the rotation at some point in time? Assuming... The Blue Jays um, at the trade deadline are sellers. We're going to get to that in a few minutes. Um, say they're sellers. They trade Francisco Liriano, whose uh, contract expires this season, I believe. Uh, they they may trade some other names. Marco Estrada, J.A. Happ are among those. They'll need people in the rotation. So after they trade those players... What if you move both of them into the rotation? You keep Biagini in the rotation until the trade deadline. Uh, you put Sanchez in the bullpen for that amount of time. And after the trade deadline, when you have some openings in the rotation, you put both of them in. And then you have Biagini being a starter at the major league level. You have Sanchez being a starter at the major league level. And in the future, they can provide you talent. They can provide you value in exchange from other teams if you ever have to trade them. Um they'll be happy because they'll be pitching more innings. How does that sound? I love that idea. I agree with Blue Jays Nation. I think the Blue Jays want Joe Biagini to be a starter at some point. And I think if they're already out of it, I I have no problem with him being in the road. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Blue Jays Center. Only if the Blue Jays are out of it, should they potentially put uh, both Joe Biagini and Aaron Sanchez into the rotation. Obviously, if down the stretch into... July, August, and September, they are in playoff contention. I don't see that being as likely of a move, especially once uh, the rotation is healthy, because um, when you have five guys you know, in your rotation, you're going to want Joe Biagini down in the bullpen. But uh, potentially, if guys like Liriano or Estrada get traded, or if they're out of contention, then this is that, or that's a move that I would 100% agree with. All right, we'll move on to our next topic, as long as we don't have any other comments. Um Ross Atkins, in an interview yesterday, he said that, uh, well, I'll just read the quote. Uh, there isn't a perfect answer to that. This is talking about a rebuild. Five days ago, we were on a win. We were a win off of last year's record at the time. You need to go on a run. The division, fortunately, hasn't gotten away from us, and we're very much in it. But we need to go on a run at some point soon. There is no concrete timeline on when we have to make a decision by, because it all depends on the division and how we're playing. It's a sliding scale. At some point, we'll know on subjective, objective, and projected health on what's best for the organization. We've absolutely remained focused on adding and winning. To start off, I don't think this means much. I think it's 
to quote Pat Tabler, is just eyewash. Um, it's he's pretty much saying they're still focused on winning, which obviously he's going to say he's not going to say, oh well, now we're focused on losing. I think the most intriguing part of this is adding, um, not healing, waiting, whatever he said. They're focused on adding, uh, which may have significance when it comes to the trade deadline. Um, I just thought this was interesting. There's not much to talk about here. Um, just bring it up. I don't know if you guys have anything specific to say. Uh, Ross Atkins actually has a very similar attitude to me when it comes to a rebuild. Uh, I've been saying this a lot you know, in my personal life through Instagram, through I think on this podcast as well, but... I, I don't think you can really discuss the rebuild yet, uh, simply because the Blue Jays have so many injuries, uh, and they they really haven't been playing with their A team. They've been playing with their B team, which let, let's not take away anything from them. Uh, Ryan Goins, Darwin Barney, those guys. But yeah, it would, once once the top players that the Blue Jays have come back, and uh, everything Blue Jays, you said this, it'll depend on their current play, things like that, in recent podcast episodes, uh, we can really see if a rebuild will happen. Uh, because, I mean, you can't really judge the team right now when, like, a lot of their team is injured, especially some of their key rotation pieces and key uh, pieces in their lineup. So once w- once they get healthy again, then we can kind of discuss a rebuild. But uh, I, I've said this before, and I'll keep saying it. Uh, we can't talk about a rebuild right now until the injuries have healed completely. On your question, 360, uh, I still think that the rebuild is the most likely scenario and the smartest scenario for this team. The Blue Jays have the oldest roster in baseball, so whether you like it or not, it's probably going to happen soon. That's just how it works. But if you're talking about just 2017, I think that's just a variable. At this moment, like you said, you kind of mentioned that uh, in your topic. Uh, the deadline is still two months away, and when there is that much time left to make a decision, things can change in a hurry, especially in baseball. I mean, I'm pretty sure... Two weeks ago, a rebuild looked like the only only uh, scenario for this team because nothing was going right for them and they were like 10 games out of the division spot or something like that. But uh, things can change in a hurry in baseball. I mean, you, you've seen this team go on huge runs in the past. Uh, it all depends on where you stand at that point. And uh, but as soon as of, as of but as soon but as of now, uh, I still think that the rebuild is the most likely scenario because. Uh, we'll tell how it is. This team's playing really well lately, especially without injuries. With especially with injuries, uh, they're still the oldest roster in baseball. They're still five games under 500, and they're still last place in their division. So I think you were talking about this point. Uh, it's the most likely scenario, in my opinion. Um, I still haven't made my mind on a rebuild or anything, but the only thing I have to counter to a rebuild, rebuild, sorry, is that the Blue Jays are. Uh, getting closer and closer to 500, and they've obviously been playing a lot better in May. And to look at the standings, they're still considered in the uh, in the playoff race, and it's it's been a lot better this month. And uh, Ross Atkins also said that the Blue Jays will go on and um, sh- uh, need to go on a, a much needed run. And I think the boost of Donaldson and Tulowitzki returning tomorrow could be the start of that. And I think when Donaldson and Tulo return tomorrow, I think that is when the run needs to happen. Uh, or else I'm g- going to lean towards a rebuild. I just think that the Blue Jays still have a, a, a huge run in them, and they've been playing over 500 baseball in May, so I'm not um, giving up on their season just yet. Uh, obviously, I just said that the uh, the returns of Donaldson and Tulowitzki will boost the Blue Jays, 
And I really think that if they go on a run when these two return, that they're still considered uh, to be a playoff team. And they're right now, they're still considered in the playoff race. Yeah, right now is kind of like a hinging point. They could win their next five, be 500, one game out of the wild card. They could they could really turn their season around right now, uh, especially with Josh Donaldson coming back, Troy Tulowitzki coming back. Things could go great from here, but things could also fall apart. They could lose their next five, be like 350 or something, uh, be eight games back in the wild card, and all of a sudden you're looking at the season like there's no way to get out of this hole that you've dug yourself so early so it's i we're repeating everything here that we've said in previous podcasts is just too early to tell um we're slowly approaching a date where we will be able to determine what the team should do um but it's too early to tell right now uh did ross atkins say that he said that they're focused on adding right Yes, he said we're absolutely remain focused on adding and winning. Yeah, again to that topic as well. Uh, obviously, they are focused on adding, but I don't really know what much they, like. Um, I don't know how much they can add, just because obviously the farm system they're trying to rebuild that up, and also with the Blue Jays being the oldest team in baseball, so that's the only thing I don't really think will um, happen. But once again, I do I do believe the Jays. Um, are, an, are a negative run, and I really think they have a run in them in the future. And I'm with the um, with the Blue Jays getting healthier and healthier. I really think it's going to be um, possibly helping them if they do go on a run. But as also you said, 360 things can go the complete opposite and go downwards. So I completely agree with you as it's too early. Yeah, if they decide to be buyers at the trade deadline, uh, they don't necessarily have to get a re- get rid of a lot of their prospects and a lot of their future. Uh, we saw last season they obtained you know Francisco Liriano for Drew Hutchinson, purely Drew Hutchinson, who was a minor league pitcher and he obviously has not panned out for the Pirates. Uh, so they have the ability to add um, depth without giving up future. Uh, it's difficult to do, but we saw them do it last year. So um, it's definitely possible. So with the All-Star game now uh, coming up, it's actually uh, a little bit over a month away. Uh, a lot of people and a lot of media people, I should say, throughout Instagram, Twitter, uh, Sportsnet, the MLB Network, everyone is deeming players to be hashtag ASG worthy which means that they are obviously worthy to make the all-star team. Now, the Blue Jays uh and I, I made a post, I believe it was on, I believe it was on Mother's Day uh about uh Blue Jays that I believe should get some consideration uh to make the all-star team. Now, uh, I'm just going to say before I, or state before I say any anything else that I don't personally believe any of these players will make the team just because of how crowded the all-star uh, team is especially in in the positions that I chose, um, but they, these are players that I think should get some consideration from the Blue Jays, and the, just to say they they deserve a spot if anybody on the Blue Jays. So the first guy that I had st- making the team is uh, Joe Biagini, and uh, Biagini he's, he's been a he, it was expected for him to be a reliever and him to be a good reliever for the Blue Jays. Um, Obviously now he's a starter and he's he's been pitching pretty well. Obviously he hasn't pitched extremely deep, but over the this season he only has 
a 3.75 ERA in his 36 innings pitched, which is pretty solid among uh, considering that it is only his second season in the majors. And he's a guy, and I, I don't know if you guys will agree with this, but I see him, if he were to make the all-star team, he would be kind of like the John Scott of the MLB. If you, if you guys don't know who John Scott is, he was a guy in the NHL that was voted to the all-star game that nobody expected to make it. And then he ended up, uh, putting on an amazing show for the fans. Uh, and I think Biagini has the criteria for that, uh, except for the fact that he is a much better player uh, than John Scott. He, he, let's just, let's face it, he's, he can flat out pitch, especially just realizing the fact that it's his second major league season. And yeah, and then moving on, uh, Justin Smoke is, is a guy that some people are actually really surprised for me to say, uh, but he's a guy... You know, coming into the season, everybody thought, oh, no, we lost Edwin. Uh, we're in trouble because we have Justin Smoke, who can't hit for his life. Uh, but he's, he's been pretty good, actually. He has a 277 average, which is much better than just looking at his career average of 226, which is a pretty big improvement. He has 10 home runs and 29 RBIs, which is solid, considering what everybody thought he was going to be. And then his defense is amazing. Like, let he's... Even with Edwin Encarnacion last year, I believe Smoke was an upgrade at first base minus the bat. Uh, he he's he could scoop balls great out of the dirt, and he's just a very good first baseman. And then one one player that I believe did not surprise anybody was Kevin Pillar. Uh, I chose him, and let's face he's turning into a complete player now, hitting over 300 at uh, 303 exactly with seven home runs and 13 RBIs, which I believe Kevin Pillar is a guy that could make the all-star team because of his defense, but now that his offense has taken off, that's just an added bonus for him. And I believe guys like Kevin Pillar, or a guy like Kevin Pillar, is worthy of making the all-star team simply because of the fact that, he, let's face it, he's an all-around player now. At, at this moment. You know, he's he's hitting, he's more patient at the plate, he's a great leadoff hitter. With a 3.53 on base percentage, which is again better than his career average of 3.09, and his his defense is tremendous. You can't ever take that away from him. And then the last player that I chose to make the All Star team or to get recognition by the Blue Jays is Joe Smith. And this, like a lot of my picks, came by a lot of surprise by Blue Jay fans because. Joe Smith, he's not, I mean, if unless you're a diehard, looking at stats every day type of guy, I don't think you know him much. Like, I know a lot of people that probably don't even know who Joe, uh, Joe Smith is, uh, but just simply because not everybody is a diehard fan. You know, he's not, in every interview, he's not a fan favorite by any means. Uh, but he's he's been a great setup man for the Blue Jays, uh, especially since Jason Grilly has struggled so much this year. Uh Looking at Smith's stats, he has a 2.45 ERA in 24 games for the Blue Jays, which he's pitched 22 innings with a WHIP of 1.091, which is that's that's pretty solid. I mean, especially everybody thought, oh, the Blue Jays bullpen is going to be brutal. Uh, I mean, other than Osuna and Grilly, but neither of them have had great seasons so far. Uh, and Joe Smith is. You know, he's a, he's a guy that out of I think out of nowhere came and then has just done a great job for the Blue Jays. So, uh, 
what I want to ask you guys is, first of all, do you agree with my uh, picks? Uh, you don't have to. Um, and if you don't agree, who would you choose to make the all-star team, even if you don't believe they will make it, but just should get some consideration from Blue Jay fans? Well, first of all, uh, let's just uh, put it out that the, every team in the MLB has to have at least one all-star, so uh, no matter how poorly each Blue Jays player does, they'll have at least one representative in the 2017 All-Star game down in South Beach. Uh, for the, I'll shoot my predictions. Um, I think Kevin Pillar, as of right now, is probably more likely than anybody on the team to make it. Uh, Pillar is currently hitting over 300, uh, got an OPS just under 850, a very good 126 OPS plus, a war close to two, and uh, it's actually 1.8 to be exact. And just imagine like how big that would be. That's two extra wins. Uh, the Blue Jays have so right now there would be 21, they're 21 and 26. Uh, two less wins would be 19 and 28. So then you really got a problem there. Uh, you don't have Pilar. I think he's definitely been their most valuable player uh, offensively, but even defensively. I mean, he's second to none. Uh, he's made tremendous catches. I think out of everyone on the team right now, I think if you're going to choose a horse, the short-handed horse, uh, pardon me, sure-handed horse, it would be Kevin Pilar. Uh, I think a guy who deserves a lot of consideration is Marco Estrada. Strada's having a really impressive year. He is three and two with an ERA of 350. Uh, Marcus Stroman also has an ERA of 350, but with have pitched the same amount of innings at 62 and two thirds, I believe. Uh, but I think that Stroman is more fortunate to have that those kind of numbers. Estrada's less fortunate to have those kind of numbers because I think Estrada deserves to be better than a 330 ERA, and Stroman probably a little worse than that. Uh, Stroman's WHIP is close to 1.4. Uh, Estrada's whip is, I think, 1.13, which is really good for a starter. Uh, Stroman's fielding independent pitching is a lot higher than Estrada's. Uh, Estrada's fielding independent pitching is 3.27, which is really good. Typically, uh, anytime you have a, a fielding independent pitching less than your actual ERA means that you're just hitting in some bad, getting into some bad luck. Uh, and Estrada's pitching well, so that means that he should have been probably a lot better than he is. Uh, his strikeouts per walk are really good. Uh, they're a lot better than Stroman's are, and opponents are hitting uh, over 280 against Stroman, which is really high, and just under 230 against Estrada. So I think uh, both should get some consideration, but in the end, I think if one's going to make it, it's going to be Marco Estrada. Uh, I'm not sure Estrada is such a sure hand as Pilar would be because uh, we mentioned there's a lot of really good starters in the American League East, uh, not just in the American League East, but overall in the American League. Uh, Justin Smoke, you mentioned he's having a really good year, uh, but I just don't think it'll be enough to beat out some other really good first baseman, first baseman in the uh, American League, uh, because statistically, it's I think it's unreasonable to believe he's going to continue uh, the tear he's been up to because he's just really overperforming his previous track record in the major leagues. Uh, their numbers he's putting up this year are a lot higher than uh, a typical Justin Smoke year, so you should probably should expect reasonably bit of a decline there, kind of like Michael Saunders, hopefully not to the extent of that last year, but a little bit of a decline. And uh, Joe Smith, you also mentioned Joe Smith. Uh, Joe Smith's had a really good year, uh, but I just think that it's really hard for a non-closer reliever to make it. Uh, Usually when you think about all the relievers that make the All-Star team, they're typically high-end closers. And uh, Joe Smith, uh, credit to him, he's had a fantastic year, but uh, unfortunately he's a set-up man, not a closer. So I think that all in all, puts it that much harder for him to make it. And 
Uh, last year on the All-Star team, I think only eight relievers made it or something like that. And uh, I just don't know if he's near the top eight, considering he's facing a lot of competition uh, in his own division. I mean, he's in the same division as Aroldis Chapman, Dylan Betances, uh, Brad Brock on the Orioles, Alex Colomay. Uh, Craig Kimbrell's had a really good year this year. Uh, Zach Britton, he's been injured. Uh, he's another guy that's a killer in that division. So uh, I think for him, the competition's going to get to him. If I have to say who's going to be an all-star for the Jays right now, I'd say it'll probably just be Kevin Pillar. Uh, but I think Estrada should definitely get some consideration. I'm just going to start this off by saying I'm a Blue Jay fan, so this is obviously bias. Um, picks that definitely deserve it, I'm going with you again. Pilar, I'm disagreeing. I don't think Estrada deserves it. I don't think he'll get in. Um, he he may, and obviously uh, there's a lot of time left for him to uh, either make up ground or stay where he is or get worse. Uh, we don't know. Just to touch on Blue Jays Nation's topics, be a genie. I don't think he will. Uh, he, again, reminds me like Michael Saunders, a player that maybe doesn't quite deserve it but might skirt in at the last moment. Smoke, meh. Uh, even for a first baseman in the American League, his numbers aren't great. They're just great for him personally. Uh, Pilar, duh. I, I'm not going to go into detail about him because uh, everyone knows he's been great. We've just talked about how good he was. Uh, Smith, again, uh, duh. I think he should be an all-star. You mentioned how hard it would be, uh, Blue Jay Center, and I, I agree with that. It is hard, especially for pitchers, to get into the all-star game. Um, but just to touch on some of Smith's statistics, um, he's allowed only six earned runs in 24 games, four of those outings, uh, only four outings with a run allowed. Uh, he's walked only four, struck out 17, and lastly, he's only allowed one homer, especially pitching at the, the Rogers Center. That's pretty impressive. Uh, and that one home run was more than a month ago to Mookie Betts when the, the Blue Jays were playing the Red Sox on April 18th. So it just goes to show how good he has been lately. Um, no one's mentioned Stroman yet. Uh, you mentioned him a bit uh, where he's facing some good luck compared to Estrada facing bad luck. He started amazing. He struggled a bit in May. His ERA is almost a whole number higher in May. I don't think he'll get the call to Miami, but... Uh, you know, he's an electric young pitcher. He may win the fans' votes. Lastly, Devin Travis, if he keeps this hot streak up, he's uh, he's at nine-game hit streak now, I believe, when we are recording this. Um, he has to rebound from his poor start, but I think he can, um, and I hope he does. Um, I'm not – I don't really have um, – you guys pretty much took the words out of my mouth, and you guys pretty much had the same topics as me. But, uh, of, of course, my number one pick is Kevin Pillar, and I think uh, Marco Estrada and Marcus Stroman do have a chance, as well as Smoke, but I'm not totally convinced on Smoke. And as much as you said, Devin Travis, 360, I do agree with that, especially if he has a strong June. And one person I also think that has can have a good chance if he has a strong June as well is Jose Bautista. He's been He's been outstanding in the month of May, and I just think that the way he's playing right now can definitely... Uh, walk, put himself on an all-star team. And Pilar, obviously, it's no question. He's third in the AL in hits, and he's got a war of 1.8, as Blue Jays Center mentioned. And he's third in AL assists, which is also great. And those are my uh, those are my uh, picks for uh, who should be all-star worthy for the Blue Jays. All right, uh, moving on to our final topic, we'll be discussing uh, the Blue Jays' bullpen. 
uh, and what Jason Greeley's role with the team will be from now on. Uh, the Blue Jays' bullpen has really taken some unexpected turns this season. Uh, Danny Barnes and Ryan Tapera both weren't expected to make the roster by many. Barnes didn't even make it. Uh, uh, Tapera did. But they have been fantastic. Uh, Ryan Tapera, I think he's coming up on two straight shutout games, uh, 18 innings uh, in relief. Uh, Danny Barnes got an ERA of 245. He's been uh, great, even though he struggled lately, blew a couple games just this past week. Uh, most recently, Friday against, pardon me, Saturday against the Orioles. Uh, but he overall, he's had a really impressive year. Joe Smith, we just mentioned, discussing about All Stars. He's definitely uh, going to get some consideration for the All Star game, which means that nothing more than he's having a really good year. And uh, recently, Roberto Suna has been fantastic as well. I think in his last 11 or 12 innings, he's only allowed one earned run. So he's really starting to turn his season around. Um, but some other options in that bullpen that a lot of people thought could be key contributors are Aaron Loop, J.P. Howell, and Jason Grilly. Uh, none of those guys have really had a season great. I mean, that, that's been great. Aaron Loop, his overall numbers aren't terrible, but his whip is is terrible. It's I think it's close to 150, which is, uh, for those of you who don't know what whip is, it's walks and hits per innings pitch. So he's allowing close to a base runner and a half an inning, uh, which is definitely not the key to success. Uh, J.P. Howell, he's been injured for a large portion of the year, but when he was healthy, he's just been terrible, uh, blown some games here and then. And uh, another guy that Blue Jays fans are really disappointed with is Jason Grilly. Grilly was a huge pitcher for the Blue Jays last year. He was a huge contributor, uh, was their set of man on opening day. Uh, it was actually their closer on opening day because Osuna wasn't uh, healthy, but overall he was their set of man when the bullpen was fully healthy on opening day. Uh, he's blown some games. He has really hasn't pitched well. He's got an ERA over 750. He was 771 before the game yesterday. So he's clearly uh, having a rough year. Uh, and I just wanted to ask you guys, when you have a guy who's 40 years old and last year uh, his fastball would blow hitters away, this year it's not so much. He's not blown anyone away with it. He's forced to go to his secondary stuff, which is, isn't impressive either. Uh, I just think when you have a guy who's really not contributing uh, – the age of Grilly, considering he's a free agent after the year as well, uh, what do you think his role will be with the team? I'm, do you continue having him in low-leverage situations, or uh, do you just get a guy who will contribute, or do you just keep him in there as a mentoring presence to uh, some of the younger guys in the pen? Uh, what do you guys think his role with the Blue Jays will be uh, from now on until his presumable end of his Blue Jays career at the end of the year? Yeah, it's been, obviously, hasn't been a good season for Jason Grilly. Uh, his ERA is 720, and he's allowing almost two base runners per inning. His whip is 173. And with runners in scoring position, Grilly has an ERA of 953. So obviously that is not good, especially for someone who walked into this season, well, as the acting closer and presumably as a setup man. And you can think uh, Joe Smith has also done a great job stepping up. As one of the setup men, obviously, as uh, Grilly has struggled. And he's right now, as uh, Blue Jay Center mentioned, Grilly has been in low leverage situations. And obviously, when he's been appearing in low leverage situations, he hasn't been doing the best uh, as well. He just hasn't been on point this year, uh, going back to last May when he was acquired. He just seems like, I don't know how to explain it, he just seems that he's, he, he's not uh, playing good. And I'm really, I actually don't know what they're going to do with Jason Grilly or his future with the team. And going back to the bullpen, 
Uh, yeah, the, the the bullpen has been awesome this month. In uh, in April, their ERA was over five, and I don't know the ERA this month, but it's definitely better than five. And yeah, Danny Barnes has stepped up. The <clears throat> Joe Smith, as I just mentioned, and Osuna's ERA in the month of May is 0.96, which is a lot better than his ERA in May, which was I think over five. And yeah, uh, Ryan Tapera stepped up as well with a 2.93 ERA. So the only the only um, problems I have with the bullpen are obviously Jason Grilly and probably the play of J.P. Howell as he hasn't matched or his expectations coming into the season. But yeah, uh, going back to Grilly once again, I just don't know what his future is going to be. Uh, he's definitely a, a different play- pitcher this year. He's not he's he's known to have a good fastball and is he's just been struggling with this command. But I'm not sure what his future is with the Blue Jays or is in situations. Mm-hmm. I don't see him pitching past this year. You know, he's old, he's aging. Um, regarding to how he's performing on the field, uh, we've seen this kind of bad start, good finish before. Um, obviously, bad start. We don't know about the finish yet. Um, in 2016, he had a uh, April slash March ERA of 6.75, and then he eventually worked it down to a 1.38 ERA in August. That's with the Blue Jays. Again, in 2015, he had a 4.50 April slash March ERA, and he continuously worked it down. In June, he had a 1.59 ERA. Again, in 2014, we see the same type of pattern. Um, he struggled for a bit longer in 2014. It looks like he had a limited limited uh, pitching time that season, but he had a 6.52 ERA in June, uh, 4.50 ERA in April slash March, but then he had a 1.5 ERA in July. So for the past three seasons, we've seen him A, struggle early, and B, get good in the long run at the end of the season. So I don't know whether we should uh, take this too far, uh, look too far into these numbers and think, oh, well, his career is done. Obviously, he is getting older and we can't expect him to be this good all the time. Um, so I don't think he's going to rebound to his 1.39 ERA self or whatever, uh, but I definitely think he'll improve, um, maybe a 3.25 ERA ish. As for his role, uh, the Blue Jays keeping him as a mentoring role uh, purely, I think that would be a great idea. We've seen the influence he's had on Roberto Osuna, uh, some other young names, Danny Barnes, Dominic Leone, uh, all these players. He's had this impact on them, uh, and that's irreplaceable. You can't have a coach that does that. Well, you can, but he doesn't have the same type of impact as uh, a player who has such extensive experience at the major league level does. So at least for me, and I think you guys can agree with this, um, I think it's safe to say for now Jason Greeley will not be pitching in any high leverage situations. Uh, we saw yesterday when we were recording uh, against the Brewers, uh, he only came into the game to get some work in, in my opinion. It was an 8-4 ball game by the ninth inning. And even still, he allowed a few hard hit balls. He allowed a double to, I, I can't remember who it was, but he still didn't look like he was blowing anybody away. Um, but yeah, I think if he wants to get back to his role with the Blue Jays, uh, first of all, coming back to the, uh, going back to the setup man role, I don't think that's likely at all, especially because like we were mentioning earlier, Joe Smith has been just amazing for the team this year. So Grilly, you know, it's, he could become their setup man again, but it'll take, it, it would, in my opinion, take at least a month or two for him of just 
rebounding and showing the Blue Jays that he he's worth putting in a one-run game in the eighth inning or ninth inning. Uh, and yeah, he like like you were mentioning, uh, you guys were all mentioning earlier, he could potentially be, uh, or he is a mentor, uh, especially aging, um, and he just provides a nice veteran presence uh, for some of the younger players. And one theory that I kind of have about Grilly, or two theories, once I just one I just mentioned, you know, he either could rebound and have a great season, or have a great rest of the season, and potentially get back to where he was, or even near where he what used to be. Or the second theory, which I think a lot of people would be kind of disappointed to hear, but the fact of the matter is he's he's very old. He's an aging pitcher. He's either 40 or over 40. I don't exactly remember, but you know, his age could be catching up to him. His fastball, like Blue Jay Center mentioned, isn't blowing anybody away. And then his secondary pitches also are not great options for him, which have gotten him into a lot of trouble, especially in some of the high leverage situations this year. And I hope this isn't the case. I hope his age isn't catching up to him, but as obviously his age is catching up to him, but I hope he can kind of defy the <clears throat> sorry, defy the odds of getting older and, you know, rebound himself to becoming, you know, not an elite pitcher in the league, but just someone that the Blue Jays can count on, especially looking if they're going to rebound the season as a whole and uh, contend into the play or go into playoff contention again. You're going to need everybody to be at their best. And if Grilly isn't at his best, you know, I could see him not pitching at all or even or a lot if like deep into the season if he can't rebound uh but personally this is just an opinion uh being kind of biased liking Grilly, i seriously hope that he will rebound but if he can't then i really don't see him pitching in any situations other than a game where the blue jays know their fate uh which i mean you know they know they're going to win or they know they're going to lose where they just want whoever is in the bullpen just that hasn't pitched in a while to get in a few innings just before we uh, go, I wanted to get your uh, your thoughts. Any fireworks this weekend with the Rangers? Yeah, 100% in my opinion. Yeah. On Friday tomorrow, as we're recording this on Thursday, it will be a year since Rudnett Odor uh, received his yeah. suspension for punching Bautista. Just, just to let you guys know that. Uh, I really hope there are fireworks. Uh, I think it's really entertaining. You know that's a bad thing to say. I don't want anyone to get hurt. But it's it's really entertaining. So I really don't see why there wouldn't be any fireworks. I mean, we've had bat flips, bench uh, bench brawls. They cleared, I believe, two times in the series uh, in 2015, the, the 2015 ALDS. Uh, they obviously the bench is cleared um, May 15 last year when Pilar uh, or no, he wasn't suspended, but Pilar and Donaldson were pu- throwing punches around. Bautista was obviously clobbed in the face. Odor was suspended um a lot of players were hit that game you know we've seen punches bat flips we've seen it all between these two teams and then the wild or not the wild card game the 2016 ALDS uh I think Odur especially after his error is going to want to come out and just blow the team away or the Blue Jays away and just do whatever he can just to show them hey we're not done with you yet I think I I would be surprised if there were fireworks up coming from the Rangers' side because you could see why the bat flip might have rubbed in the wrong way as a form of showboating back in the 2015 playoffs. They clearly weren't happy about that. 
they waited until the last at bat to hit Bautista and then obviously the slide and the punch. Uh, but I think that if they throw out a Blue Jay this year, uh, that would just be a sign of sore losers because they, they there was nothing to complain about in last year's playoffs. They got swept. Uh, they made an error on the last play of the game that cost them the series. So, uh, But, you know, it's the Rangers. They've uh, been sore losers before. I wouldn't be surprised if it is again. But, <laughs> Uh, so, but I, I just think as a baseball player's pride, uh, there's not going to be any fireworks coming from the Rangers because I just think that, I don't think the Blue Jays did anything to rub them the wrong way in last year's playoffs. I think punching Bautista was their form of payback. I think any form of excess activities or extracurricular activities outside of the game of baseball would just look bad on their part. And, uh, I don't expect the Blue Jays to do it either because, uh, well, I, let me rephrase that. I, I don't expect them to do it, but I think if someone's going to do it, it's probably going to be them because even though they did sweep the Rangers, they still haven't gotten back uh, their pride for their best uh, one of their best hitters being punched last year in May. So uh, I doubt if there are, but if there is, I wouldn't be surprised if it's coming from our side, unfortunately. I think if there's any close pitch uh, up near the head or even just an inside pitch that gets away from a pitcher, uh, intentional or not, someone's going to get mad, someone's going to throw a punch, charge the mound, clear the benches, uh, get suspended eventually. <laughs> yeah, probably going to be an odor, though, if you really think about it. I mean, yeah, who knows? Maybe if Jim Wolf's umping the game, they'll let the Rangers <laughs> throw at Bout- uh, Donaldson three times, and when we hit them in the leg, they'll like, eject our pitcher. That's happened yeah. before. Oh, one boy. thing I see is this series being a, an interesting one for Greg Zahn, because you see how he reacts to oh, God. games, like especially the 2015 game against the Royals at uh, Blue Jay Center you just mentioned, or made a reference to. He was losing his mind during commercial breaks, and I can see... Uh, Greg Zahn just doing the exact same thing, ranting at Odor, Jeff Bannister, whoever wants to throw something or do something something outside of the game of baseball, just do something to mess up the – or not mess up, but just ruin the atmosphere and things like that. All right. I think we'll leave it there. Thank you to everyone who listened to Episode 10 of There She Goes. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Again, we were joined by Blue Jay Center, everything Blue Jays, Blue Jays Nation. I'm Mark from 360 Blue Jays News. Don't forget to read my stuff on Bluebird Banter. Bring on the white socks. Bring on the bow socks. Bring on the Brewers, the Rangers, and the Yankees, too. We'll beat the Indians. We'll beat the Tigers. We'll beat the A's so bad. Gonna make Billy Blue. What do you want? Let's play ball.